The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, folks, we're here with the man, the myth, the legend. I just had to say that. I just wanted to say it. Trent Rush. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm thrilled to have him on the show. I was talking before we started recording that I I haven't had him on yet. At least I haven't. Can't believe that. Trent, we're glad to have you here. How are you doing? It is an honor to be on the podcast. Appreciate you having me. I just, hey, what you guys do. For our Angel family and talking Angels baseball all the time, always such good stuff, such great insight. You know, you guys are smart baseball dudes, um, and I really appreciate what you guys bring. So, uh, seriously, it, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. And we I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot coming from you. And I'm hopeful we, we can put out a top-notch show for the fans tonight. As we're recording, folks, this is two hours and change before the game, the All-Star game starts tonight. So. If you're looking for the time, Marcus, to when this when this actually airs compared to when the game is, that's when you know. We know Shohei Otani is starting tonight as a hitter and a pitcher. Can't wait. So that if you if you're getting where our perspectives are, that's the time frame as to when this show will air. Trent, first now, thing I want to ask. We don't know yet that show, that Shohei Otani just struck out the side and hit a home run to win an All Star Game MVP. We, we didn't know that that had already happened yet, but we know it does. By the time <laughs> you reminded me of Chris Berman when he did the whole Swami thing, making the predictions <laughs> before it happens. So let, let, let's get into this here. The Angels entered the All-Star break of 45 and 44. I would say, I believe personally that Joe Madden has done a phenomenal job considering the injuries, considering the, the, the lineup juggling, the, the rotation juggling we've seen. What is your assessment of the first half of the season for the Angels right now? Well, to go with your first point, I don't know that Joe Madden gets enough credit. And I I would say that I know that there are a lot of fans on social media that question uh, some of the bullpen moves and some of the things the Angels have done in that sense. Um, And and I can understand that. And there have been times where I thought Joe's made exactly the right move and it's 100% backfired. And I, I don't agree with every single thing that he does. 
But I would say that the 1985 style, right, that's been uh, talked about really since the spring is helping this Angels team offensively continue to be one of the better offensive teams with guys that you didn't expect to contribute. I mean, just think about, like, right now the Angels are without Trout, Rendon, and Upton, and they're still a top offensive team, and it's because of guys like Fletcher, Walsh, and, of course, Otani's been a freak, but it, it's a lot of other guys. Still Gosselin um, contributing the way he has. Other guys have stepped up, and that's because they're playing a brand of baseball that's contact-driven. It's an aggressive style. What the Angels do offensively is huge, and Joe creates a lot of that, and, and that's something that, um, you know, for all the times where maybe you think that Joe should make a different move in the bullpen than what he actually does, I would just encourage you to remember that the way the Angels play on offense is also a byproduct of the culture and the style of play that Joe Madden has created with this Angels team. So make sure that that's not lost. As far as where the Angels stand right now, for this team to be over 500 without Mike Trout and to play five games over 500 in the time without him is phenomenal. Who wouldn't take that? Obviously, the Angels, you know, you would have liked to have seen them win that final series against the Seattle Mariners, as opposed to dropping two out of three after feeling good about winning the series against the Red Sox. That didn't happen. I don't think five and a half games is enough for the Angels to be out of it. Um, you know, five and a half games out of a wild card spot right now, I'm encouraged by some of the changes that have happened in the rotation. And once you see the lineup get healthier, I think it's going to make a big difference. I'm not saying that as soon as Mike Trout gets back, all of a sudden everything is fixed. But what I will say is Angels pitching is improving because of some of the changes that have, made in the rot- uh, have been made in the rotation. And then when you can add Mike Trout, um, then all of a sudden you have to pitch to Shohei Otani. you got to pitch to Mike. You hope that Rendon can get going. You know that Upton is streaky. He has been his whole career. But if he was hitting like he was as a leadoff man before this last injury, look out. I mean, the Angels can be a really scary team and the kind of team that can get to a wild card game and you would hate to face them because you'd have to deal with Otani on the mound and you'd have to deal with what I think is a top five lineup in all of baseball. And I think it's what is, is missed. Is this team, if healthy, can score runs. And... Jeez, they're doing it without being healthy. My, my thought process, though, goes back to what you're talking about in terms of contact-driven. The earmark of the Angels teams of old, the ones that won all those division titles in the 2000s, early, tw- early 2010s, is they were aggressive, contact-driven. They played the game, I think, as I, mean, I would consider myself, I'm not old by answers to match, but I would say I'm a little more old school, that I, I enjoy seeing contact and soy I not in soy enjoy seeing the team moving the base pads, being aggressive. That's how they played, that's how they've won. And one of my biggest criticisms of the game today is that it has become a station to station league. We're gonna rely on the home run or the the slugger to basically make magic happen and when it doesn't we're not scoring. It makes no sense to me to play that kind of game. Why can't you have your cake and eat it too? Why can't you be contact driven? And if you're driving the ball off the yard like Otani's been doing great. That's what you want. Yeah. Why can't you be multifaceted? I'm with you, and a lot of people like to say old school versus new school. Hey, the Angels hit a ton of home runs, and guys like Mike Trout uh, get on base a ton. So, and, and it's not you know it's not just like oh we're going to sacrifice getting on base for contact whatever. Why not have both? You can be both, and the Angels have been that. You know, there there are some people that would probably be critical of me for maybe being too old school, but at the same time, hey, I like the shift on defense. I think that that uh, is a strategic advantage. Why not play 
um, a smart style of baseball if you can take advantage of that. Um, I love home runs. Who doesn't love home runs? But I don't want every batter to be a home run hitter. I want my home run hitters to hit. I want other guys to get on base ahead of them and put pressure on the defense. That's such a way to make an impact that goes beyond what you see in a box score um, and, and taking the extra base, getting the third. How, how much more is a pitcher sweating with a runner at third than he is with a runner at second? Um, you know, runner at third, two outs, maybe he's not going to spike that. He's not going to throw that splitter out of fear of spiking. So you're going to see the hitter get a different pitch. That's the kind of stuff, the intricacies, that I think get missed sometimes, but all of that it comes from being really aggressive. So there might not be a stat or a number to back that up. It's hard to it's hard to quantify feel, but you can do it. And the way the Angels play on offense, I love it because that is exactly what they do to opposing teams. They make other teams sweat, and and that's resulted in a lot of runs. And I think especially in that case where it's making teams sweat. For a long time here, at least three, four years, I don't think teams have sweated the Angels' offense at all, even with Mike Trout there, because they weren't relying on what this franchise has been good at traditionally, which is which is forcing the game, which is being aggressive, which is causing problems, forcing these pitchers to make different decisions out there on the mound than they usually would have to do, and now they're doing it again. All of a sudden, it's a different game offensively for the Angels. Now, going to the pitching, you're saying it's improving. For those who are doubters, explain, please. Well, I, I think that we're seeing the progression of Patrick Sandoval and Jose Suarez. Now, I know that there are some folks that are like, uh, maybe have written off Jose Suarez because they saw him at 22 years old, and he wasn't ready yet. He wasn't. I mean, there have been moments, there have been flashes, but I think we're just now starting to see Suarez come into his own. Um, he's a really good pitcher. I, I like what Suarez can be, and I think Sandoval is showing growth and development. I want to see more from these guys. I want to see more growth from Patrick Sandoval. Um, there was a game a couple of days ago where uh, he was going into sixth inning, and you kind of thought, okay, he really needs to get to the sixth inning, and he didn't. Um, runner gets on base, reliever comes in, that base runner ends up scoring and gets charged to him. I think that would be a moment of growth for him moving forward of, okay, i got to take the mindset that I might have thrown five really strong innings. i got to get through the six for my team. Stuff like that I think we're going to see more of from Sandoval. And I, I really like what those two can bring. Um, Andrew Heaney, it's, it's about consistency. We, you know, what Andrew Heaney are you going to get? Um, that's been a question all season long. When he's been on, he's been really on because the swing and miss stuff is real. I love how much of a gamer Alex Cobb is. And, and Cobb got off to a poor start to this season. But you know, look at his numbers the last two months. I actually like what we've seen for the most part from Alex Cobb. He's got a couple hiccups in there. There's no denying that. But overwhelmingly, it's been pretty positive for Cobb. And, of course, Shohei Otani coming into his own and not just being a thrower but being a pitcher. He's pitching to contact. He's not trying to strike everybody out. He's trying to get out as efficiently as possible. I love the pitch mix we're seeing. He's taking a little off his fastball in exchange for better command. Otani is becoming a real pitcher, and I love that. So I think about the Angels' rotation, and I think of, okay, that's a pretty good group right there. I like that group. And then you go and you think, okay, if the Angels choose to be aggressors at the deadline, go add one more pretty solid arm to that, go find the number two if it's out there. All of a sudden, now I feel like the Angels can have a rotation 
that can be league average, which is all you really need with this Angels lineup. The problem has been, the last several years, the Angels pitching hasn't been average. And that's been what's been disappointing. How do you assess Griffin Canning and Dylan Bundy right now? Yeah, I mean, Canning, Canning's got to fix some things um, in AAA. And, and it's hard to do that in uh, AAA West, formerly known as the Pacific Coast League. It's a tough pitcher's league uh, for sure. So he's got to get right. I, I think that Canning, you know, Canning spent very little time in AAA, and he's never been set down before. So I think that Canning, with, with some time, can get some more growth, maturity, work on his uh, mechanics a little bit, fix what he needs to fix. I have confidence that that's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, but I'm also really encouraged uh, by the guys that are in double A right now, like a Reed Detmers, and, and maybe he makes his way up pretty soon. Looked great in the Futures game uh, just the other day. He's putting up good numbers. Uh, Chris Wall is down there. He's been good. Kyle Tyler has been pretty good in double A, like all those arms. Um, as far as Dylan Bundy, I, the, the best thing that he brings is that guy is just a gamer. I love the attitude. I love the intensity. Uh, I love what he brings to the mound, what he, what, what he can bring to a team just in terms of um, his makeup. But he's not getting guys out right now. And that's something that I, I don't know how to fix it. Um, I, and I, I'm hoping that somebody in the Angels organization does and can because we've seen this guy be pretty good. But he was great for the Angels last year. It just hasn't been the same this year. And at a certain point, I think the Angels have shown that you know patience is going to wear thin. However, um, you want to give this guy an opportunity because when the stuff is there, it's real. Uh, it just hasn't been this year. And, and that's been um, unfortunate. It seems like almost a loss of confidence with him. Earlier in the year, I didn't really think his stuff was all that off. I just thought, you know, a couple lucky hits here, a, 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 you know, kind of a bad fortune kind of thing happened, and all of a sudden he fell apart. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that more or less it's a, it's a confidence thing now, not really all that mechanical, but, you know, it's really hard to tell because he's fallen off the planet so much, you're wondering, well, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, I mean, you talk about his first, you know, five, six weeks of the season, he was like the hard luck guy. He was getting no run support, but he was getting, like, I think, five of his first six starts were quality starts. I mean, you liked what you saw from Bundy to start this season, and I don't know what happened either. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that there's just a switch to flick to get this thing back on top uh, for Dylan Bundy, but he's got to figure it out uh, because at, at this point in the Angel season, they they can't really afford to be all that patient anymore, and especially if guys are going to come up and perform and perform well. Um, you know, it's going to be tougher for a veteran on expiring contract. That's just the reality. And then you factor Chris Rodriguez into the mix. How is he progressing? Does he end up getting a spot back in the Angels' bullpen eventually in the rotation? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know the Angels really can't afford to be as patient now as they might have been able to be in the first half. So when you're looking at the, the crux of this first half of the season, a lot of good stuff, some bad stuff, but hopeful. What really has you confident about the second half of the season? It, it, it really boils down, to, I think, get the pitching. Um, you get the pitching more secured. Uh, you'd like to see the Angels be able to add more to the bullpen um, and find relievers that you can really trust down the stretch. Rysel Iglesias has been otherworldly. I mean, this guy, he's, he's right now, Rysel Iglesias is the Angels' setup man and the Angels' closer. I mean, he has been that good. 
and has taken on a, a huge role doing that. He is the perfect playoff relief pitcher. I mean, he really is. Um, so I, I'm optimistic there, as long as there can be a couple more guys in front of him. I'm optimistic about the changes to rotation by getting someone like Suarez and, and Sandoval rolling, um, even if it means that, that Quintana and Bundy um, are, are now out of their spots. I, I do think that that was a move the Angels had to make, and I think it's a good move that the Angels make. And of course, if you can just be in the mix with Otani or with, with Mike Trout coming, and we can get prime Otani and prime Trout together, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, it is, this could be as lethal of a one-two punch as there has ever been in the game. I'm being serious. Um, I think that they are that special and you want them to be rolling at the same time, and who knows what the Angels can do from an offensive side. It's ultimately going to boil down to how well can the Angels pitch, and that's why I'm encouraged because I've seen enough, even the last two starts, right before the break, with Suarez and Sandoval. I've seen enough to feel good about what these guys are going to be able to do, and then this lineup, when it's healthy, can be outstanding. It'd be one of the best in the game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now, here's I've raised this a couple times. It's, it bothers me a bit. Anthony Rendon. Besides this big deal, I, I know some people, well, he didn't get a full season last year. He's been hurt a lot. And he hasn't looked great when he's been healthy. Shine some light here on, shine some positivity on Anthony Rendon. 
Honestly, because it is frustrating to watch. I mean, the, the, the Angels pay good money to get him there. Yeah. yeah that, that's a guy that needs to perform. And, and you know, they see a lot of times the, the, best of, uh, the best ability is availability. And it's been tough to get that from Anthony Rendon this season. And you hope that he doesn't have uh, chronic issues moving forward. Um, we know how smooth and sweet that swing is and the doubles machine that he was with the Washington Nationals, you want to see that guy. And there are moments at third base, man, he picks it like, wow, that, 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 he makes it look so easy and he does things um, so well that make you really excited. You just want to see that more consistently. And for whatever reason, Anthony Rendon has not yet found that with the Angels. I, I'm not willing to write this guy off right now. Uh, but, I mean, here we are, you know, a sample size that is, is over 100 games, including last season. You're waiting to see that from Anthony Rendon. It just hasn't happened. Um, I, I felt like I, I loved watching him play so much in Washington that you're just wanting to see that guy come back. I don't know when it's going to be. I, I feel like he's shown enough flashes that it's still in him to be that guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand where fans, um, the way fans are feeling right now. I know it's been tough watching him try to figure it out here as an angel. What would you say to those who compare him to Albert Pujols' contract? Uh, it's way early. Uh, it's way early for that. It's a, it's a lot less money. Um, it's a lot less of a strain on uh, the luxury tax and, and the AAV just in terms of inflation and the way things are working now. So I'm not ready to compare that yet. We also saw Albert Pujols for over nine seasons. Here we are halfway through his first real year. I don't, I don't make much of the 60-game whatever last year was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it's really early to go to judgment with Anthony Rendon. But I would say um, you need to see this guy pick it up. That, that, that clearly is something that uh, is going to need to happen for the Angels to have the success that so many people like myself believe they can have. Do you see anything... Or did you see anything before he went hurt, got hurt again to show that he was picking it up? I, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen the batting practice swing look so good, and you know this guy's got the ice in his veins. Um, he, it's so cool and calm under pressure. You love that, but he, I mean, maybe uh, maybe he needs it to be in a lineup where he, he's not necessarily the showcase guy. I know that was part of it, and, and Otani has taken some of that away. Uh, which has been good. It's taking some of the pressure off of Rendon, certainly. But I, I do think that with a lineup of Trout and Otani together, I think that Rendon can be a guy to fly under the radar. And then he can start to have some success when he's not necessarily um, you know, being looked at as being a first or second option in the lineup. So maybe that would help. I, I don't know the answer, to be totally honest with you, uh, just because I know how good this guy was in Washington, and how good he can do the Angels. It's just hard to understand why it hasn't happened yet here. Well, it's frustrating for me to watch because I was a big supporter of the signing. I felt like, man, Mike Trout has needed somebody to protect him in the lineup for a long yep. time. Here's your protection. And it really hasn't turned out that way yet. But we're fortunate because yeah. Shohei showed out. And here he is being everything that they needed him to be. And that's where I'm kind of going here now with, with Shohei. Uh, had a fantastic rookie year until he got hurt. Uh, we saw him go through 
you know, the Tommy John surgery tried to come back last year, didn't look good. First couple showings this year weren't pretty, and all of a sudden he became locked down. What is your view on the trajectory of Shohei Otani's career and thus far and where it's going? And I hate to even ask it, is this a flash of the pan or just something we can expect from him from this point forward? The reality is nobody in baseball has ever been as good at their at the game of baseball since Babe Ruth 100 years ago. And, and Otani's been better than Babe. Um, you know, he, you take his best season as a two-way guy. I mean, I, I don't want to say this is a flash in the pan, but to think that this is sustainable, there's no way. But I also would say that I never thought this was possible. Otani is defying all logic by what he's doing here. So I, I, I'm done trying to guess what Otani mm-hmm. can do because he's already exceeded my greatest thought. I thought Otani was going to be a really great baseball player. I had incredibly high hopes for Shohei when he arrived. This is so much further beyond what I thought he was going to be able to do. Um, I've been blown away by him, quite frankly. Um, is it sustainable? It shouldn't be, but who knows? What he's doing now shouldn't be sustainable. So um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm loving what we're seeing from Otani, um, and, and I'm never going to forget the 2021 season because I, I do think that it's amazing what he's doing. Who knows what happens down the road with Otani? You can't worry about that. Um, you just got to try to find a way to capitalize on this incredible season as best you can and hope that moving forward he's able to continue it. But, I mean, even if he, even he's able to give you 80% moving forward, that would still be phenomenal. Um, this, the production's just been off the chart, so it's hard, to, it's hard to imagine that this is a sustainable pace. But at the same time, what, what he's doing now shouldn't even be possible. Yeah, my here's my biggest fear, if I'm honest, and that is we got to see this, and then the injury bug comes back again. Knock on wood. Knock on. I'm not trying to speak that into any kind of existence or anything, but that's the fear for me that you know we got to see what this guy can do, and all of a sudden it'd be taken away. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but at the same time, I mean that can happen to anybody. Yeah, is the reality. I mean, this guy. I mean, he, he takes such good care of himself. He's so studious how he goes about it. That's why I think it's a big deal. You know, I said before that Otani's become a pitcher instead of a thrower. By sacrificing some of his velo for better command, I think is also preserving his body. He knows what he's doing. He's not taking as much batting practice. He's hitting in the cages. He's really um, he's exercising his body to the amount that is necessary for him to be an elite professional athlete. And he's not exerting himself more than he needs to. Um, and I, mean, I know that this week is a bit weak for, for him with the home run derby and, and with the all-star game. But getting a couple days off after that is going to do his body wonders. Um, and I, I really think that Otani knows what he needs to do to be healthy. And he studies this stuff. He's into it. And, and if fluky things happen, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it, it's the kind of thing that could happen to anybody, I would say. I mean, it is. And the, the concern for me is there with you know, being a two-way guy. Actually, it's the all-star break that has me concerned. Watching him last night was, man, it was so much fun. I would have loved this if it had gone on. But then also seeing, man, he's also tired. You could see it. Under all, the, under all the smiles, you could see just a little bit of him being tired. Now I'm thinking, man, that's when you start getting hurt. It's when your body's tired. So I'm hoping 
it's a quick outing tonight. Get them out of there after an inning or two. Get them rested. That's what I'm hoping for. Fingers yeah, crossed. I would suspect. I would suspect it's a, it's a short showing tonight. And, and you're right. He did look tired in the home run derby. Let's not forget that the altitude, I'm sure, played a, a factor for him. And he was swinging hard and doing a lot. And yeah, I mean, it was it was great taxing. What was asked of him, um, but also the way the Angels set up the rotation. I think he's fifth in the rotation when the Angels get back from the All Star break. So. We're not going to see him pitch till the middle of next week. So I think that's going to be really good for him, too. And, and to be a DH, um, and essentially, he's going to go like two full weeks between starts, not including the All-Star game. So I think that's going to be a nice reset for him as well. I, I trust, I trust Otani knows what he's doing. I also have a lot of faith in what the Angels are doing. They put a lot of focus in this. They've made a lot of changes through the years to get this right and understand exactly what it takes to keep players healthy. And knock on wood, that's going to continue for Shohei Otani. And, and I have no reason to believe it will. Okay. And one last thing here before we roll out of here. And that is, I'm not sure if you followed it as much because it's been kind of a crazy couple of days. You follow the draft at all? Of course. Ah, of course. Outstanding. Of course you did. Angels take, I, I mean, I haven't seen this, 20 picks, 20 pitchers. Almost every single one a college pitcher. What are your thoughts on what the what the Angels did in this draft? Uh, I mean, clearly pitching was an area of need and an area of focus, and they went after that. I mean, I had a really good conversation with Angels scouting director Matt Swanson, who's going to be on the Angels Recap Podcast this coming week. And part of what we talked about was, like, how do you address best available player and need? And obviously, the best available player early on for the Angels, the first few rounds, they were all pitchers. And that's kind of the way it was going. It wasn't designed to be, oh, we're just going to take 20 pitchers. Uh, the focus was, okay, well, this is, you know, yes, you need pitching, but it's not necessarily, hey, let's get guys that are going to help with the big league club right now. It's about setting up pitching depth throughout the organization. So the Angels kind of were leaning that way. And then it got to a certain point in the draft where pitchers just kept falling in line and being the best available on the boards, and the Angels just kind of rolled with it. Um, it was never the intent for, for the Angels to be uh, a 20 for 20, but I do think that there was intent for them to be pitching focused and, and look that direction first. But there was also just a loaded class of pitchers, too. I think the Indians took 19 of 20 pitchers as well. I mean, the Dodgers took a ton of pitchers. They, they, their first 10 picks were all pitchers. There were a lot of really good pitchers in this draft, but the Angels going that way um, – says to me that this is an area of focus. And at the same time, let's just take a step back, and, and I don't know that we're going to hear anybody say this, but think about what the Angels would have on their books right now. you got the Trout contract. you mm-hmm. got Anthony Rendon's contract that we just touched on. You want to keep Shohei Otani. He's going to cost a fortune down the road. The Angels are probably just fiscally not going to be in position to go pay $40 million for a starting pitcher. I just don't think they're going to be in that boat. So what's the best way to have pitching talent succeed at the big league level? Draft and development. Part one, drafting. They're doing that now. Part two is development. That has to happen. I'm feeling better about that by seeing guys like Sandoval and Suarez improve. Chris Rodriguez, another good story in there. I like what we've seen from Reed Detmers, though we haven't seen it past the AA level yet. All of these things are telling me that there is a lot of improvement in the organization on the development side. But draft and develop 
that's the only way, unless you're going to go crazy overpay for pitching, because everybody wants it, you have to draft guys and develop them. And, and the Angels are probably still going to have to overpay in terms of chips on the trade market to go get another guy. But I just don't see the big mega free agent deal happening uh, just because of money that is either spent or earmarked. I just think that's just the way it goes. In my thought process is, is the when the Pujols contract goes off the books, that money's being earmarked right away for Otani. That's my guess. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so, right? I mean, that's just a natural thought. Because, I mean, hey, I mean, if you're the Angels, like, you don't want to lose this guy. you got to do everything you can to keep him. So, and, and it's going to be expensive. And I think they know that. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would imagine that, that your, your thought process, I don't know this for certain. I haven't had those conversations with the people that make those decisions. But I would imagine like that makes sense to me, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense to me. And that's going to disappoint some who want the Angels to go out there and just spend, spend, spend on pitching this upcoming offseason. My guess is, honestly, my guess is they're probably going to go out there and, and try and get a, a, a deal done with Otani soon. Uh, less he drive his value more next year. Um, my thought is they're going to have money free up this offseason. Why wait a year to get him under a long-term deal? Kind of like what they did with Trout. They didn't get, they got Trout, what, a year and a half early? For his, yeah. So that, that my yeah. thought process, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about negotiation for an extension beginning this fall. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be the case. And remember, after next year, Upton's money would come off the books, too. Um, so that, that's just another one. But, but to your point, yeah, maybe that is the conversation. I mean, I don't know. It's, you're also trying to capitalize in a window here where you're not paying Otani much. You have Jared Wallace's pre-arbitration. He's an all-star for you. You know, David Fletcher, I think, is on a, a really fair contract. Uh, for both the player and the organization. So uh, guys like that, uh, you kind of have, and, and you want to be able to capitalize when you have Otani on, on at this. Uh, so far, this has looked like an unbelievably team-friendly deal that he's on. Now, I would give the Angels credit. They didn't have to give him two years. He was an arbitration guy in the first year of arbitration. So when the Angels made the announcement that they were going to sign him for the two-year deal that they did, uh, you know, the Angels went above and beyond. They're hoping that kind of goodwill lingers moving forward. I, I think it will. I think Otani likes it here. Um, but, yeah, I, I, would, I would say to your point, like, why not try to explore that? I would imagine the Angels are right now because at the end of the day, there, there's one thing we all want to see, and that's what you want to see the Angels be a team to contend for a World Series and bring a championship back to Anaheim. And you have pieces like Trout and Otani to go do that. And when you go and you draft 19 college pitchers in one high school arm out of 20 possible picks, that's a message saying, hey, our pitching hasn't been good enough. It needs to get better. And we have a way to fix it. And that's to draft and develop and develop quickly by bringing in college arms. Uh, you, you can see clearly what the Angels are trying to do here. And I'm encouraged by that. I really think that this is an organization that is trending in the right direction, and that excites me. You know, I'm thinking about what you said concerning Suarez and Sandoval, and I'm thinking back to 2019 and how Suarez had to get called up early. Canning got called up early. These guys were basically denied the opportunity to develop yeah. in the minors. I think, you know, hindsight being 2020, not even hindsight. I mean, I said at the time, they were being, they, they, it was not 
fair to these kids. They're, they're, to me, they're kids. Um, to have that development time taken, that rookie time taken when they just weren't ready yet. So looking back on what we're seeing from them now, I know a lot of people got you know hit on Billy Apple hard, and I'm sure we can we can we can relitigate his failures and successes. But I, I'm I'm starting to think that as we're seeing some of these guys coming through, like a Canning, Anna Suarez, that we're going to see that, that the, at least the organization that he worked on for these last five years, that the, it's bearing more fruit than we originally saw. I think it's what we're starting to see. Jared Walsh developing. I, I, yeah. I agree with you. Well, Walsh, Walsh is, I mean, in some ways, Walsh is just incredibly lucky um, to, to get a player like that in the 39th round that everybody missed on. And, and he, but he's got the talent, and it's obvious. Um, but to, to your point about the pitching and, and Sandoval and Suarez in particular, and, and yes, we could include Canning in that mix, you give these guys a chance to develop. The talent is there. And you just get with the right people to get them right to be able to have them pitch to their fullest ability. I mean, I know way too many people that wrote off Jose Suarez in 2019 when he was 22 years old. I mean, give the guy a break. Uh, let, let him develop. Let him be that guy. And I think the COVID year was good for him. And I think the start to this season has been really good for him. And now he's here, and he's got a sub-2-5 ERA, and his first start was against the Red Sox. It wasn't a great start. But he showed promise, and his last time out against Seattle, I thought he was brilliant. I'm not saying that Suarez is going to be a Cy Young guy for you, but I do think he's got the stuff to be a legitimate middle-of-a-rotation guy, and that's what you need. If you can build a staff with that and have Shohei Otani and develop, hopefully, an ace of the 20 pitchers you signed this year and your first-round pick from last year, you hope that there is an ace in there. Uh, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And maybe you go make a move for somebody else at the two or a three. Like, all of a sudden, you feel good about your pitching. And then you have Mike Trout, Joey Otani. And at that point, you just fill in the pieces around him, get guys that can catch the ball, and you're going to be pretty good. I mean, looking at these all these draft picks, and, and the Angels already have arms in the minors at the high A level, the double A level, you know, who are already there and on the way. They're already developing. And what I'm liking about Suarez, you know, getting it right and Sandoval starting to figure this thing out is if these guys do pan out, you're giving your talent entering the minor leagues, these draft picks and the guys are already there. You're giving them more time to develop. You're giving them the stability that that Suarez and Sandoval didn't have. They didn't get. That's what I'm excited about. You're finally giving these guys a chance to develop properly without the pressure of a major league stadium and the crowd that goes with it. On your shoulders. Yeah. Totally. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I think you're dead on. And I, I, I'm encouraged by that. And you're seeing guys that are pretty good in the system that just, just give them a minute to, to really be able to flourish. And I, I, I also think that like Sam Bachman, for example, the Angels' first-round pick this year. I mean, there's talk about, oh, hey, maybe he makes it to the big league level in 2021. That would be awesome. But wouldn't it be great if the Angels' big league pitching staff was so good that they couldn't squeeze in room for him? That would be that would be even better to me, and to give him a little bit more time. And I know that he is, you know, as they say, as ready as it gets for a, a draft player uh, to make it to the big leagues. And, and maybe he ends up being there. And we know how close 
Well, Reed Detmers was believed to be when he signed, and maybe we see him this year. There, there are some real arms in the Angels system, and you have to have that. And if the Angels are going to be successful, um, that's what it's going to take. And I, I'm, I'm encouraged by it. I feel good about it. Um, I, I just hope that the hole the Angels have dug themselves in, when at one point they were eight games under 500, I hope that that's not too deep for them to get out of because there is so much promise and talent here. And you can feel really good about the direction. And that's not something you've been able to say all that often over the last several years. And it's really encouraging to me that the pitching has become such a focus to where there is a bevy of talent in the Angels system. Um, you just you want to see it at the big league level, sure. And, I, you know, again, I don't want to go over the top here saying that I think Suarez and Sandoval could be like Cy Young guys or front-end guys. But you don't need that from them. You need an average starting pitching staff and an average bullpen, and then you can have this lineup be able to tear the cover off the ball and go in a World Series. I, I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, I'm, I'm much more, I am much more positive about the direction of the organization. And I think in the years to come, we're going to find out that, that A, Billy Upper did a better job than we thought, and that Paramanazin came in and, and he really helped narrow the, narrow, the, narrow the walkway a little better, make, make it more focused, get him set for the future from there. And so I'm, I'm excited about where this team is going. I'm excited about the future. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm kind of stoked to see how this team does the rest of the year, because I think their schedule has lots of opportunities in it. Well, lots. May was just a May was a gnarly month. I mean, that was just really tough. I know that even June, those first you know two weeks were really light. But after that, like June wasn't that easy of a month. The, the fact that they went five games over five hundred without Trout is phenomenal. And I'm not saying that as soon as Trout comes back, okay, everything's solved because you still have to be able to pitch. But I, I completely agree with you that there is a chance here for this team to make a run. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that a team like Oakland is going to be able to maintain this, and more so a team like Seattle, which is notoriously a first-half team. Uh, I think the Astros are pretty good. Um, but I, I just look at the way the American League sets up, and, and I keep thinking to myself, why not the Angels? And it boils down to pitching, and right now we're seeing a group in this rotation that has a chance to be better in the second half than what it was in the first half, and it's going to need to be. I mean, we'll look at the schedule here. Seattle, they have opportunity Seattle right here at home to start off the second half. They go to Oakland. Any chance you have against your, your division rivals, those are opportunities. Then they go to Minnesota and Colorado at home. They have at home, Oakland at home. Those are, that, that's, a, that's, that's an opportunity schedule right there for the rest of July. That there's serious opportunity they're making ground. August, I mean, you go right back in there. Texas, right away. Tough series with, with the Dodgers that didn't get Toronto and Houston. If you can hold out in these series of Toronto-Houston, the Yankees cut, we have the Yankees for a game. Then you have Detroit. I mean, they can handle Detroit. Cleveland, they're struggling. Baltimore is as well. They're Baltimore. Tough series with the San Diego, but that's only two games. So I just see tons of opportunity in July and August especially. And quite frankly, September's not even that difficult. Yeah, I, I, I like the chance the Angels are going to have. I'm encouraged by um, you know, the progress they're making. And I, I agree, the schedule sets up. But now you've got to get the job done. You've got to yeah. execute it. And I, I have a lot of faith that 
this the Joe Madden way, the, the 1985 baseball. I think the guys are buying in. I think the Angels have the right role pieces. Um, you know, when when Lagares can become um, a fourth outfielder, and when Phil Gosselin can be uh, a utility player for you, then you're going to be in good shape, and, and that's going to boil down to being healthier. And then you have to stay healthy. But when I think about a group that's going to feature David Fletcher and Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and Justin Upton and all of these guys healthy, not to mention an all-star in Jared Walsh, Max Stassi missed so much of the first half. The Angels were really way more banged up than a lot of people gave them credit for. But the position players are coming together. And even with all those injuries, the Angels' offense has not been an issue. It's still been pretty dang good. Now the whole group is together. I mean, I can't wait for that. There have been like four games where you've seen like the opening day group be together. You take the, the eight core players for the Angels, um, and I'm, I'm not including Dexter Fowler in there, but um, you know Walsh at first, Fletcher at second, Iglesias short, Rendon third, Stassi behind the plate with an outfield of Upton and Trout, and then fill in right field. Those eight have played together four times. That, that's incredible. And they're throwing one of those games. So that just tells me there's hope if you can get everybody on the field together. And that's, I, that's how I view it. I mean, this team is definitely more fun to watch. And I think we're going to see a, a better... I'm going to say it right now. At the very least, I believe they're going to finish the winning record this year. I believe they're going to be in the wild card hunt to the end. And you never know what happens from there. That's I love belief. it. Let's go. Let's, go. Let, let, let's write that down. Let's book it. I'm in. I'll co-sign Awesome. All right, Trent. Well, one, you spent a lot of time with us today, more than I expected. So thank you so much for just hanging out with us, giving us your point of view on pretty much everything Angels. We didn't get there's not a whole lot we didn't get into. Can you let folks know where they're going to find you as if they didn't already know, but also when they can find you? When are, hey, when does all of your stuff air? <laughs> Anytime we can talk Angels baseball, I am all for it. And- yeah, I just get excited uh, chatting it up with you. So thank you for the opportunity. The Angels Recap Podcast comes out every Wednesday. I host Angels Recap on Angels Radio AM830 after each and every Angels home game. I do a lot of the pregame shows as well. I do the Sunday pregame show, all the day games. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can catch me on AM830 pretty much every Monday through Friday morning. So, yeah, there are lots of ways to get a hold of me at Trent Rush Sports on Twitter. It's probably the best way to do that. I love chatting it up uh, with, with Angels fans. And uh, if anybody out there has Angels questions or just wants to have a conversation, I'm all for it. I try to make myself as accessible as possible and um, because I know how special this Angels family is. And, and I feel so fortunate to have been welcomed in by, by so many. So um, if, if having a conversation um, is something that uh, would, would be fun to do, I'm all in. It, it's the least I can do because I'm so appreciative. Appreciative for what Angel fans mean and, and, and this family being in it together. It's not always easy. It's not always um, sunshine and rainbows, but there is hope with this Angels group, and I think that you guys can feel it too. I certainly can. You know, and, and just to point out too, you know, and this is not an effort to kind of blow some smoke here, but one of the things that's really been impressive about you has been the consistent energy you bring. Even when things are crappy, you find a way to bring some energy to it. And every fan needs that. Every fan needs that. They, they, <laughs> it's not fun tuning into a post-game show and everything is Debbie Downer, makes you want to go jump off a cliff. You don't want that kind of thing. You want, you want to be able to find some light at the end of the tunnel. 
And you consistently have the energy to do that. So thanks so much for the job you do. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thanks again for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.